0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I just got done with an amazing interview with April Sunshine Hawkins. She is one of the story brand representatives that's going to be coming in to our 7 Figure Altitude event on January 13th. So we have an event coming up here in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville down the street from where I live on January 12th and 13th. It's during the week. We love doing these events during the week now because we're all full time. Uh, we get back to our families on the weekends and stuff like that, so it's really nice to, to meet together during the week. We've made a transition over the past year or so, but she's going to come in and do a workshop with us on the story brand framework, and today on the podcast, we're going to talk through that. So I we kind of rushed to get together to jump on a podcast as soon as we could to talk through some of this stuff and let you know what we're going to be doing, and also so I could invite you in to this Mastermind meeting. So if you're not an Altitude member or you've been on the fence and you want to check it out, Go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, fill out an application, and see if it's right for you. You'll talk to one of our enrollment directors, talk to Dave and his team, and just see if it's right. If you're at a level where it makes sense for you to join Altitude, or if you're still early, fill out an application anyway because we will tell you exactly what needs to be done in order to get to the level to be able to be accepted into our mastermind group. And we only take people that are doing enough deals at a certain level and have the background for this to make sense and to make that investment to get the return that we can. We don't wanna just put somebody in the big leagues, basically, um, when they're not ready. So um, we have said no to money plenty of times, it's just not the right time. Uh, Go to Flip Hacking Live, buy the academy, uh, get the book, Uh, just listen to the podcast, those kind of things. But if you think it might be right for you, go to sevenfigurealtitude.com and and jump in. Now's the time. It's going to be an amazing workshop we're doing here in Franklin talking about um, building our marketing messages and really dialing those in so that we can buy way more houses and be the guide, which you'll hear about today, and and let the customer be the hero and we will be the guide through their journey of selling their house. So go to com, jump in with us, and uh, we got an amazing show for you today. I'm really excited about, uh, about this. I had a great conversation with her. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I hope it gives you some ideas about um, who the customer is, what the journey you're taking them on, where you fit in, and as well as not just them but also your team, your staff, your family. All of these things can be applied all over. So uh, here's my uh, interview with April Sunshine Hawkins uh, about the story brand concept that Donna Miller wrote the book on. is our playbook. What is going on, everybody? We have a really exciting show for you today. I cannot wait to dig into this guest's story, a lot of what they do, and yes, I use story for a reason here. Um, And I have uh, somebody here that I want to introduce you guys to. She's actually coming to our Altitude event to work through um, some training with some of our mastermind members. So if you're an altitude member, you're really going to love this one. And if you're not, why are you not? You should be. So, um, I want to introduce you guys. And this is the first time that I'm meeting her. We've talked via email a little bit back and forth. So we're meeting for the first time on the podcast. I'm going to get to know her right along with you guys. And then uh, I can't wait to be there in Franklin, um, to kind of work through a workshop that they're going to put together for us. So we'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the show, but uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to April sunshine Hawkins, April. Thank you for being on the podcast with me.
1: Hey, Bill, thank you so much for having me.
0: So uh, you're welcome, first of all. And, uh, you know, we had to kind of throw this together really quick. And so I appreciate you being flexible with the uh, scheduling and everything. It says a lot about you and um, what you want to give to our community. So it's really exciting to uh, have the kind of partnership that we put together for us uh, at this event. So um, maybe, April, you can just take a minute to talk to everybody a little bit, give them your background, what you do, and uh, we'll go from
1: there. Absolutely. So i was an entrepreneur like so many of you out there and i was doing websites and social media for people and i was really on the struggle bus (laughs) trying to figure out what am i supposed to say on these websites I, i was putting them together and i was working with developers and i was writing copy that i thought might be working um basically I was just listening to the business owner and then just putting on the website whatever they said, whatever that that they were wanting to be on the website. And and I just didn't really know if I was hitting the mark or not. And then I heard the Building a Story Brand podcast, that was a a previous podcast that we had, and uh, Donald Miller, who is the founder of Story Brand, and Dr. JJ Peterson, they were talking about these concepts about the story brand framework, and it just made so much sense to me. It, in oh my goodness, I I so resonate with the customer has to be the hero of this story. And I said, I need to go to Nashville, and I need to meet these people, and I need to figure out how to put this into my marketing skill set so that I can stop throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping it sticks and instead really have some confidence that i know hey this is actually going to work this is actually going to resonate with customers and so i did that and then i became a private workshop facilitator for story brand because i just loved it so much and i wanted to go out and teach all over the world i've been to switzerland to teach the story brand framework and to help companies clarify their message so that customers would listen. Um, I also was the director of sales for a while because I was so on fire. It was so easy for me to talk to people about this and tell them, hey, you should really use use this for your company and your marketing. And recently I was the director of our StoryBrand certified guide program. So People from all over the world who love this framework who are marketers they want to be certified with us so i ran that program and helped build content similar to bill what you do for your community of people and then now i am what is called story brand champion and i am going out all over the world and speaking teaching and i'm the co-host of the marketing made simple podcast with dr jj peterson So. I've had a wide array of jobs at StoryBrand. I've loved every single one. And now I get to do what I'm truly passionate about, which is just equip people to be able to use this framework so that they can be confident too.
0: Mm. So, okay, I want to ask you a question real quick before we jump into StoryBrand, because some people listening probably have no idea what we're even talking about, right? Yeah, Um, absolutely. As an entrepreneur, what made you like so passionate about this that you're like, you know what? I'm actually willing to work inside of another company because I hear a lot of people like, did you hate being an entrepreneur or was it just such an incredible thing? So what was that like?
1: Yeah, I really, I really loved coming alongside people and working with them for a time and saying, okay, let's, let's do your website and then let's wrap it up. Or sometimes I would be into long-term relationships, you know, managing social media for people. But I, it was really kind of a A lonely thing for me for a while because I was just kind of on my own I was sitting at my home being like I just really miss being a part of a team and so I just had that yearning and whenever I heard Dawn and JJ talking I was like I feel like these are my people you know whenever you just hear you know people saying things that really resonate with you and that make a ton of sense and you go huh I want to hitch my wagon to their wagon and let's see where we go and man it has been such an education and i've been given so many different opportunities i just feel like i can take with me forever from here on out and so that that's really what i was yearning for um in my entrepreneurial journey and and so that's why i i joined in with a team for a while
0: I mean, you're like speaking my language. You talked about being lonely and then kind of like finding your tribe, like hearing other people that share the same values and characteristics and things as you. And I feel like that's exactly what we try to do here in our company is real, like entrepreneurship, real estate investing, business ownership is very lonely. So we try to yeah. build a community around that so they don't feel like they're lonely. As, as the business owner, you kind of like look around a lot of times, even if you have a team, I got a team of 20 plus people in and, and we have multiple companies. And I mean, I just can't have those conversations with my team and my staff, right? So you look around and you're like, man, all all the problems, you're problem solving all the time. You're always talking in the negative, like you're not celebrating the wins and stuff. Like, it's just you've got to find another a group of people that speak your same language that are on the same wavelength you may be one up one down i talk about a lot like who's just ahead of you that can help kind of reach down to pull you up and then when you can reach down and pull somebody else up it's really powerful so that's kind of to give you an idea walking into our world of what exactly what i've tried to put together here of real estate investing business ownership being lonely and then finding your tribe of people so i i say a lot like People are gonna to listen to this podcast, they're gonna to come to our events, they're gonna, they might attend one and be like, these are not my people, you know? And so that's cool, sure. I'm good with that. Like, I wanna repel the people who just don't resonate with us and we don't share the same values and the people that do hear our voice and say wow they're speaking my language i want to go be a part of that just like you heard um they become Mm -hmm. you know raving fans they want to be a part of it they're at every event they're talking about it they're they're sharing it with other people like that's exactly the people that i want to pour my time energy and effort into which it sounds like you found your people and said okay i'm gonna you used to hitch my wagon to that That was really cool so
1: absolutely i love that level up level down because that was exactly the same with our story brand marketing guides with that community, the community was the number one reason that people were deciding to renew year over year. They were like, "The I, I found my tribe and I don't want to go off and be my lonely entrepreneurial self again. By my, I want to be in Slack, talking with people, asking my questions, solving problems together. I also want to be giving back to the community that helped me actually build the thing so that I could quit my full-time job. And, and it's really incredible when the community can come together and celebrate those big wins. I mean, one of our favorite channels on Slack was the successes channel because we were, we were just celebrating big wins all over the place. Success really looks like, like something different to everyone, right? Sometimes it's, I have more bandwidth for my family, or I'm able to quit a nine to five corporate job that I've been working for years and go out on my own, or I have more emotional bandwidth, or I'm doing more of the work I actually want to be doing. So all of those successes were celebrated and we just, we loved it so much.
0: Yep. You nailed it. And I love the struggle bus comment that you made too, because that's like, we, I tell you, we share, we probably share like 60 or 70% of the time. It's, it's, um, some of the issues that we're having and the failures. And I think that's important, really important to, um, to constantly be talking about that. So, it, uh, cause other people, when they they see a success, they feel like, wow, I, am I the only one who's having some problems oh. here? So like, we all feel like we're on the struggle bus, like all the time. And I think that's okay. And the more we talk about it, the more we encourage other people to open up, to be uh, very honest with what's going on inside their business and not be scared and, and feel like being vulnerable is a problem. Like that's really what we've encouraged the past couple of years. And I've seen just rapid growth by a lot of these business owners when they're open to talking about their struggles, just as much, if not more than all their wins. So, um, so
1: good. yeah. All right. So let's good. talk about StoryBrand yeah. for anybody right, that, that
0: has never seen the book, doesn't know who Donald Miller is, doesn't know what StoryBrand is. Can you go through some of that, uh, for us?
1: Absolutely. So, the reason StoryBrand exists is because we really have to create messages that are helping our customers survive and thrive. And so, if the information that you're putting out into the world, into the marketing universe, whether that be through a postcard strategy, or your website or your emails or, I mean, anywhere that you are online, social media, those messages really have to help your customers not only make it through the day, because likely they're in some sort of pain, but they also, they really want to thrive. They want to make their life way better than it was before. And so if you're really creating messages like that, Those are the ones that make people's ears perk up and make them listen and want to engage. So if you're doing that, it's really helpful to have a starting place and this framework is that starting place. It's a place for you to put yourself in the position of your customer and go, all right, what is it that they want? That's the very first thing that you need to define in this story brand framework. What's the thing that is going to really help make their life better as it relates to the service that you provide? So you've got to define what it is they want. Bill, maybe I'll pause right here. Your real estate investor community, what do their, what do their customers really want?
0: Yeah, so when I think about our avatars, a lot of times, so to give you an idea of what most of us do, um, a typical real estate transaction is a real estate agent listing a property on the MLS and you just putting in an offer and buying like most people are used to. Well, what we do is we go directly to the sellers typically. So we teach a lot of off-market strategy of how can we go directly to the sellers and solve their problems. So we are either looking at a distressed homeowner, so a distressed seller, or a distressed property, sometimes both. So I bought perfectly, I bought beautiful houses that didn't even need to be cleaned um, from a very distressed seller that was trading equity in their home for ease and speed of transaction is the way i look at it basically if you think of us we are like real estate pawn shop owners so like we're in a pawn shop somebody walks in and says i know that my grandmother's ring is worth this but i'm willing to trade it for this decreased value for cash today so if you think about that the people that are coming to us they know that they're trading equity it's something that they have for speed and ease of transaction they either don't like realtors. They don't want a bunch of people coming through their house. They need, they need cash in three days. They want to sell as is they don't want to fix things up. So typically what it is, is they have some like these pain points, right? And lots of different things from I inherited a house that's 3000 miles away from me and I have no idea what to do with it. I don't know anybody there. Can you help me quickly to, um, I mean, I've gone as far as that beautiful house that I bought. They didn't like that. The neighbors were arguing with them all the time and they were building an apartment complex behind the house and they didn't need the money. They just had plenty of money. And so it was interesting to, to watch that. And we just cleaned out the house quickly. I mean, it was cleaned. It was empty. We shampooed the carpets. and We put on MLS, made $50,000. It was like, what is happening here? This is crazy. Now I have one of those in about 800 transactions. Right. So it doesn't happen every day, right? <laughs> so that's kind of like, I would say the customer uh, for our people are folks that are out there looking for help and they have an asset that they're willing to trade for whatever problem they might be facing, whether it's medical bills, inheritance, inherited house, family member died, um, frustration, don't want to fix it up, had bad uh, experiences with previous realtors, things like that.
1: Got it. Okay. So we could probably start with ease and speed because that was the main one that you really honed in on and said several times Because whenever you've got a distressed homeowner, they're like, oh, man, I need this done quickly and I need it done fast. I don't want to mess with all the mumbo jumbo that comes along with using a realtor. Right. So ease and speed. So once you've defined that thing that your customer wants, then it's time to introduce the problem that the customer is experiencing. And so you talked about a lot of different pain points in some of the things that you're listing out right you've got people who are in another state and you know they've inherited this house and they have to figure this out quickly but they don't have anybody on site to help them like that could be a problem that they're experiencing maybe that's a message that you want to put out into the world to say hey we can help you with this problem and you want to you want to be talking about that because when people are experiencing the problem they are go oh, oh yeah, that's me. Bill's talking to me right now. I do have that exact problem. He might be the person that I actually need to like lean in and see what else he has to say. So talking about those problems is going to be something that you're constantly doing. You're constantly doing this so that people are like, whenever you finally find the problem that they're having, they're like, yep, this is, my, this is a person I want to like maybe hitch my wagon to. I'm gonna lean in and see what, what else they might have to say. So once you've defined what the specific problem is, then it's time to introduce yourself. And this is the point in the story that you get to play the role of, and Bill, do you remember what we call these people in the story brand framework?
0: It's a good quiz, but I think they're the guides.
1: They're the guides! That's exactly right. So your customer gets to be the hero and then you, the entrepreneur, the person who is the business owner or the business itself, you get to play the guide and you've got to show them empathy towards those problems because whenever you can express empathy, people are like, thank you for understanding how I'm feeling about this people want to know that you're in their corner and that you have their back and they're going to be so much more more willing to do business with you when you express that empathy. And then you've got some authority, right? So Bill, before we started this podcast, I think you said you had done over 800 real estate transactions yourself. Um, And so if you out there, the listener, if you have some authority, this would be the place that you would put that in your storyline. So you would say something like, hey, we understand how hard it is to navigate all the family changes that you're going through right now. And, you know, that's why for 25 years, we've helped more than 300 families navigate this exact same thing. And so then people are going, okay, so this does sound like this might be my guide because, they get me and they've got the expertise in that space. So Bill, like talk to me about playing the guide because I feel like you play the guide so well for your seven figure flipping community. Like what is it about that guide role that really resonates with you?
0: Well, I think the interesting thing that I carry here that a lot of other people that run um, mastermind groups and things like we do, Um, so I was actually a customer before I bought the company two and a half years ago. So I have a really, I, you remember the hair club for men commercial (laughs) back in the day? It's like, I'm not just the president. I'm also a client. So I kind (laughs) of feel like that. And I, I use that analogy a lot because it's. So I, I, I've been, I've walked in their shoes and I still do basically. So I know what it's like to be a lonely business owner, entrepreneur, all those things. But I was working a full-time job flying for the Navy when I listened to this exact podcast before I owned the company and the guy was like speaking to me, just like you're talking about. I was like, wow. Wow. And so I I actually wrote a check for $25,000 before I even bought a book or a seminar or a course. And I was super cheap. Like I had a library card and I wouldn't (laughs) buy anything. And everybody told me don't buy real estate coaching and training. It's the wrong way to go. You can get it for free. You can go on YouTube and all this stuff. And I just didn't know what to think. I joined this group. I went from doing one house a year to doing 67, then 135, then 187 a year, then over 200 a year. And just like grew my company massively because of this group. So. So now I have, I, I'm in a unique position. I didn't like, I'm not the creator of this company. I'm the, I'm the new owner as of almost three years ago. And I, I definitely made a shift and change in what we do. And I think the change that we made significantly when I bought the company was to really think about the customer's journey and putting them first and knowing that fulfillment, like the back end of our product. to make that really good before we go start marketing on the front end. And so I shut down very heavy advertising spend on the front end. It was all word of mouth. It was referrals. We've only just started advertising again, actually, um, in more of the paid advertising, like in the past few months, actually. So what I see, what I love to do here is I've walked in their shoes. I know how they feel, and I actually know what they need before they know right now so if i can project that as and and i'm not the hero like it's it is a very much a um this is not about me it's about you company how can we figure out what your freedom dream is what your goals are and then how can we align ourselves to walk with you up that mountain instead of kind of pull you up with us and just walk alongside of you to support you in that journey whatever it is because what i realized in a, in a company name like Seven Figure Flipping, in the beginning, it was everybody needs to get to seven figures in their business. Everybody need, yes. how can we help you run a million dollar business? And there were people that just really wanted a lifestyle business, $500,000 a year, one sure. team member, maybe none, and sure. just flip like four or five houses a year and just like don't work that much. And that was their dream. So why are we telling them what they should want when we can listen to them and help them on that journey and provide support and materials and, and, and connections for them along the way. So I probably gave you a lot more than you asked for, but that's, uh, that's kind of like our background as a company. And my story is I, I see people coming to us with the problems that you're talking about. So um, they're, you know, we're entering the conversation that they're having, right? So I, I know what the problems are. And then that's the thing that usually pulls them in. However, the thing that keeps people into, in our community is totally different. They come for one thing, but they actually are looking for another. And that's like that inner journey that they have that's coming out. So uh, for the homeowners, yes. I think the same thing. The problem on the surface that they have for these folks is what might get them to make the phone call. But then as we dig deeper, we're realizing that there's a lot of other things. There's uncovered problems and issues that if we can bring oh, yes. to the surface, then if we can solve that then money and price on the house becomes a non-factor.
1: That's right. That's right. And Bill, something that you're doing right now as the guide, and everybody out there listening, you guys can feel it. The passion, the energy, the excitement for the customer's journey, right? for. The, the people that you serve, Bill, we can all feel it right now. And that's what great, great guides do. Great guides step in and they're like, oh, we get where you've been. And, and I've actually been in your exact shoes. And that's why I bought the company. <laughs> and that's why I'm passionate about continuing this journey and making this community the very best it can be. And so... After this guide section, this is where everybody will then need to create a plan for their customers. So you go, you know, you don't go from being the guide as the guide, you actually provide a path forward for them. And you say, here's how this is going to work, or here's what's going to happen next. And you outline, I know. The house buying process, it it has a bunch of steps, <laughs> it's not something that is necessarily, you know, so cut and dry, but in your marketing, you want to make it sound so simple and so easy that they're like, okay, that's not going to take as much effort as I thought it was going to be for me to actually move through this process. You want to make it cut and dry super simple for them so that they don't feel like they're going to have to burn a lot of calories in order to do that. Because what we really want to be doing in marketing is making sure that our customers, they are burning the fewest amount of calories possible because the fewer amount of calories possible that they burn, the more that they're going to engage in that story and step into it and go, yeah, this makes sense. There's not... A whole lot of stuff I don't understand or I'm confused about. We have a, a saying at Story Branding, you've probably heard it before, Bill. It's confuse, you lose. And so people are just talking, 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 and they're they're using so many words to describe what it is they do or the plan and the process, and that overwhelms people, and they will just shut off because again. They're just trying to survive and thrive in life. They have a bunch of stuff going on. They have 99 problems and selling a house might be one of them. Um, And so that's really, really difficult um, to navigate with all of this extra information that's in the universe. I mean, social media is, is so overwhelming for people. And so with marketing messages, you have just that much time to catch someone's attention and help draw them into the story so that they'll pay attention to this problem and then actually be like, okay, this person has defined what it is I want, my problem, they seem to understand who I am and they seem like a really great guide, they've got authority in this field, they've provided a really good plan and a path forward and then the next part of the call to." Uh, the next part of the story brand framework is call to action. You actually have to ask someone to do something specific, otherwise they don't really know what it is you want them to do. Are they supposed to call you? Are they supposed to email you? Are they supposed to text you? Are they supposed to set up an appointment? What, what, is, the, what is the exact thing that they are supposed to do? You must tell them, otherwise they're not going to take a step forward Uh, have you seen people miss the mark with the call to action before bill
0: yeah totally especially in this space it's we're a a lot of times like afraid to ask for the yes or the no and just kind of go like okay so what's next like uh bring the contract have it ready like here it is uh and so it's interesting because these five frameworks Um, so what I saw, in fact, we mentioned postcards, you you mentioned that in the beginning. So we split tested it and and adjusted our postcard many, many times over, over the past few years. And I, in the beginning I had, um, we have a a landing page that you can go to and Mm -hmm. submit your information, a website. And then we also have a phone Mm -hmm. number on the card. So in the beginning it was like, I didn't want to put my website on the card because I actually wanted every single person to call me. So I avoided Mm -hmm. putting the website completely on the card for about three years. Because I want that live person on the phone that they can interact with that can be the person who is taking their guard down. Um, now if they go to the website, I can't, I don't know if they went to the website, searched around and then bounced somewhere else, or if they searched the website and found a Google ad that they were clicking on from one of my competitors that were bidding on my keywords, Mm -hmm. things like that, that we could actually lose the customer in that journey. So for a few years, I just, I was like, I don't even want to put the website on there specifically because of what you're talking about. I wanted one action, like one call to action, just not. Oh, you can, you can send us an email, you can go to our website, or you can call us. You choose what's best for you. And then I kind of leaned towards the fact that, okay, um, we are probably missing people that don't want to just call. So then it was like, okay, let's, let's test putting the website on there. And it's a very challenging when you deal with the – I mean, I'm huge in marketing and analytics. It's very challenging to test that detailed function of just changing one thing. Cause the human emotion is what we're dealing with, like getting that in front of the person and then exactly how they feel when they walk out to the mailbox and look at our card is what defines their action. So, yep. um, so that's one piece. And then also I see that what's interesting. You're talking about this framework. It's it's on the marketing piece. It's on the initial contact a phone call. It's the in-person appointment. It's the whole process and procedure as you go from contract to closing as well. So what you see is this needs to overlap in lots of different areas that you're taking that person on that journey. So it's not, it doesn't start and stop with the postcard, the website, the, the, the ad, uh, the Facebook ad, the Instagram ad, the Google ad, whatever it is that you're pulling them in. It's, it's constantly being overlapped in all of those things. And you can, what you're talking about, you can navigate that even in a in-person appointment at the home is the same exact thing that you're doing. You're just. Maybe it's a longer period of time, but there's, it's always ending with the next action like you're talking about. And if you give them five things for them to choose from, they're just going to say no. I, I We sponsored an event last night. I'll give a, an example of last night. And my, my team put a QR code on there that you scan, and then it had like five options of things that they could get to opt into. <sighs> and they were like, and so we're doing a debrief on Friday. And my biggest point from that is, Really, we should have just given them one thing that we wanted them to do. So like a lot of people scanned it, but we didn't get the opt-in rate that we expected from a marketing perspective in, in Seven Figure Flipping Company. And it's directly related to the fact that they were just like, oh my gosh, there's like a private money video. There's a book that I can get. Like, And I gave them, the, like I was physically handing out my book for free right there. So that shouldn't have been on there. There's a couple other things that, that I saw in that that probably would have, Resulted in a much higher conversion rate there right away because I was talking to them, I was engaged with them. Mm -hmm. We were the most trafficked booth out of like 40 vendors there, it was crazy. And we probably had the least number of opt-ins. Now granted, they all threw their business card in like a bucket that we have, but that seems to be a cold reach out. I'd much rather them opt in and choose to make a decision. And so we screwed that up last night. I mean, it's as easy as that. Uh, Looking at, you know, five different options instead of just having one thing to do.
1: Oh, man. And it's so easy to do, right? It's like, oh, well, we have five things for them to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the thing. You're like, oh, man, it would be great if we give them the options. And that way they get to pick which one is right for them. Um, Or we want them to engage with us in whatever way it makes most sense for them. And you're just like, Oh, man. That's way too many things for them to hold at the same time. It's too many calories for them to burn. If you tell them one thing, then they're most, they're most likely actually going to do that one thing that you told them to do, because that's what we do as humans. It's like you give me one option. Okay, I actually want to do business with you. I want the free book. I want the whatever. I'm going to take the one action that you've actually told me to do. So being really thoughtful about the calls to action at events, of course, on postcards, on your website, and then repeating that same call to action over and over again, it just increases that opt-in rate. It just increases the amount of phone calls that you're going to get. If you're really consistent and really smart about asking for that yes, and you gotta get out of your own way if you're not able to ask for the yes, you've really gotta do it. Do not feel like an imposter. Get in there and say, hey, I know this thing that I do for you is gonna make your life so much better, so much easier. That's what you do as a guide. Great guides help their customers win the day. And so if you don't ask the customer to step into it, they're not gonna. They're gonna find somebody else to help them out. So the call to action, I'm so glad. You really expanded upon that and gave so many practical examples for people because this one is maybe the number one game changing money making thing that you can do. Be really thoughtful with your call to action and make sure it happens because then the final parts of the framework are painting for people what does Failure look like if the problem is going to continue to be in their life? And what does success look like? What's the promised land look like if their problem is actually resolved and they go through uh, the, the plan that you've laid out? And so with the casting of that vision at the very end of the story, it gives your customer something to hold on to and go that is exactly what I need and I'm looking for in my life. I'm willing to burn the calories to make the call so that I can have that or so that I can avoid that. Failure is is a big motivator. I mean, obviously, the people that you're talking about, your real estate um, investors, they're serving people who are in pain, who their life could continue to be kind of in that failure space if they don't move into and and actually work with someone who can help them have that ease in the transaction and so uh, maybe bill paint for me some success what happens for people whenever they use a real estate investor
0: yeah i so i I can remember a couple times i had a lady who um, her daughter was was dying of cancer and she wanted to move down to tampa is it from pensacola down to tampa florida to be close to her and she didn't have the down payment money for a condo down there. So she had this house that she was living in, it was worth like probably $70,000 there in Pensacola. And she just wanted to sell fast. She had all these antiques in there that she didn't want anybody to touch or people to traipse through her house and didn't really Mm. trust a lot of people and stuff. Um, And so, What happened was we were able to buy the house. We were also able to put the down payment on her condo uh, before closing $10,000 down on the condo to save that property to simultaneously close the two properties. She was able to go down there and not have to worry about anybody coming through her house, uh, dealing with um, any of the transaction. We did it in about a week and helped her move all of her stuff out, clean up the property, all the things that she didn't want to deal with. While she was dealing with that grief of her daughter and uh, having cancer and and potentially passing away, she's able to go down there, spend the last few months wow. with her daughter, and just not have to worry about it at all. And I mean, the mm. the hugs, the pictures, the tears at the closing table was uh, enough to fuel me, and I'll, I'll never forget. It was one of my first like ten transactions, probably mm. there in Pensacola. So I mean, that's one example of hundreds of people that have just been able to do what they want without having this carrying around this heavy burden on them after once you let that go it's just so freeing so that feeling of freedom afterwards of not having to worry about this uh this issue this thorn all of those things and it's a lot less about money than it is about those those things that are holding them but everything mentally challenging them that turns into a physical manifestation of anxiety, depression, those kind of things that just get released after that. So I I think you can take any of these stories that you've seen or even some, I mean, I I wrote a book that has a whole bunch of stories like this in there for people to use ideally, because you know, one question that I had, and I realize I'm asking a question after I should be handing the conversation back to you, but is when you're newer in this world, right? You don't feel like Mm. the guy. You've never done a deal before. Like, how do you even, be able to step into a framework like this and even attempt to have a conversation with somebody. That's what I hear the most from real estate investors.
1: Totally. Well, why did you get into it in the first place? If you are a newbie and somebody who might be struggling with imposter syndrome, then this is really where you got to crank up the empathy piece more than the authority piece because you don't have as much authority like Bill is talking about. And so you really saying, The reason why I'm getting into this is to help people with these specific problems because, and maybe this is where you can tell your own story. If you have a story about why you got into this, you can lean on that for your authority until you build upon. And you can also use some, some authority that comes with the seven figure flipping community, right? Where you're like, Hey, I'm actually not in this by myself. I am full I, I I am partnered with so many colleagues who are in this industry who will help us navigate whatever comes up. And so whenever we get into a deal, it's like, oh, I can actually reach out to Becca, and Becca's gonna help connect me with somebody who's been through this exact kind of transaction, and they're gonna they're gonna help us do this. So it's not just me that you're getting whenever you're working with me. You're actually getting a, a legion of people who are are wanting people to win and and so that is really how a lot of people who are new to the game can especially if they're in your seven-figure flipping community can can really say hey i'm being equipped and empowered by by a community we're not alone in this
0: yep i love that the, the bar, barred authority piece basically so combined with the empathy that's that's the biggest piece I remember being in those homes in the beginning and just I had no experience you know I I I, and I was sitting there going man like can I even actually do this you know and all those things creep into your head the conversations but I I remember just leaning on Andy McFarlane who was my mentor in the wholesaling business like leaning on his experience of well, I mean, I'm surrounded by him, Mike Simmons, all the other people inside this mastermind group that I joined that know exactly what I need to do. So I actually don't need to know A through Z. I just need to know how to get yeah. from A to B. And then when I have problem at B to get from B to C, I'll just go back and ask questions and figure it out. So I was talking to somebody last night who was at this event, who's just joined the mastermind like a month ago. And they were like, hey, mm-hmm. what what's the like? what are some tips from you on how to best utilize this. And I said, well, just ask as many questions as possible and just oh, go so out there and then post inside the <laughs> Facebook group and meet people that are maybe one step ahead of you and just ask questions and don't be afraid to sound stupid. Because if you go back to look at 2016 in the Facebook group, you'll see a bunch of questions from me not knowing anything of what I was doing I was just in there all the time people everybody knew who I was because I was asking the most questions I was I, I was going and grabbed the answers and I, I didn't care that I sound stupid because I was stupid I didn't know what I was doing like I was brand new basically and and totally. frankly I shouldn't have even been in the group like I basically like snuck in I was not qualified <laughs> and they um and just knowing that and accepting that and saying, I don't belong here. I am the dumbest person in this room, in this industry, but soon I won't, won't be. I will be the person who figures out how to do this and move up really quickly. And I think that's, that's the skill set. I, I want to talk about something really quick to, to bring this around because we've been talking about the sellers. We've been talking about the homeowners. We've been talking about all of them. But when we get to this borrowed authority piece, the biggest place that I use this and it might be a whole shift for everybody listening to this right now of how you can use this concept inside of your company away from the homeowner was with my staff. So I get people all the time that are like, how do I hire somebody when I have no experience and I don't know what I'm doing? I want to hire a salesperson that is going to be paid commission based on my success in my business. And I said, look, first of all, you have to cast the vision. But second of all, I still remember I was sitting in a Denny's and I had one person working with me. We had not done a transaction before. We were working together for like three months. <laughs> She's been getting paid for months. I've been going on all these appointments, not getting any deals. And I have this salesperson across from me at a Denny's in Pensacola. She is a podorthist. I had no idea what it was. It's like they deal with like shoe inserts. I thought she said podiatrist wrong, but like right? they, she was a salesperson for like inserts in shoes, like yeah. um, orthotics and stuff. And so. I still remember the conversation, she has a full-time job, she has a son, she's married, she's the breadwinner of the, com- of the family primarily, she makes the most money. The husband works, but he was like a handyman and stuff like that, and so I'm like, what? why would this woman leave her job to come work with me? So what I was doing, I was casting the vision, and, and I had, didn't have the experience, but I, I borrowed it from Andy. I said, look, I'm in this mastermind group with all of these people, and i mm-hmm. am going to figure this business out like they're doing 3 million dollars a year and i yeah. and there's a race to a million and i'm going to figure it out and she was like she just saw where i was going said mm-hmm. i want to be i want to hitch my train to this this mm-hmm. wagon right i want to hitch this wagon right mm-hmm. and and it was really cool she quit her job came in and she is the one who started just doing deals inside the company and went on appointments all the time, went in the database, pulled stuff that I said no to. She just figured out a way to make it work. And the three of us just blew up the business and started really growing very quickly. And I think yes. that's what's needed is it's not just with our customers. This, mm-hmm. this framework also works inside of your company with your staff, the people around you, the people that you're attracting. I always say like, I want to be in this in this conference room, in this big long table with glass windows and doors, and nobody wants to leave the company and there's all these people banging on the windows to try to get in to get a job. And if we can create that kind of company, then it's, it's around this framework. It's about be, me being the guide for them too, not just the customers, but also the staff. And so this, this really works in lots of different places in our world.
1: It absolutely does. And I love your story about this person that you're hiring because you really did play this role of a guide. You were like, hey, I, I've defined something you want. It's a fun opportunity. It's something to get you out of, of the shoe business and, and, and something that's going to be really activating and exciting. And so that's something that every salesperson is looking for, right? It's like, give me something I can get excited about and I can sell it. And so you define that for her. You were like, you define the problem. You were like, I don't know exactly how we're gonna do it, but you played the guide and gave her a plan. You said, I'm going to use this community and we are going to figure this out. And it sounds like, you know, trust is really built in the small moments. And so, as, as somebody who draws somebody into a story, that's the starting point, right? And then you are building trust all along the way by helping build your customer's confidence. And in this case, it was your salesperson's confidence that, Hey, what Bill said in the beginning is the actual thing that is now happening, right? We are figuring this out together and we're doing it step by step by step by step. And in the real estate business, there are a lot of steps along the way. And the more confident that you can build in those small moments, the more somebody is likely to say yes to the deal and and get on board and hitch their wagon to your train.
0: Yep. And and I always say, like, you've got to walk in that house like you've got a million dollars in your pocket. If they see weakness, like, you got to show confidence. And same thing yep. with your staff. Like, you can be scared. You can not know what you're doing. And you can tell people you're not exactly sure, but you don't want to say, yes. you don't want to go in there really timid and weak. You want them to know that, that there's confidence, that you'll figure it out, that if you don't know the answer, you're gonna go find it you have the people to, to, to go to. Um, because I see a lot of people that have trouble hiring and and, and, and managing their staff and keeping people mm-hmm. on their team is they're not casting the vision, they're not talking about that, they're, right. not, um, they're not always talking about where we're going. You're talking about like mm-hmm. you're, where you're sitting or where we were in the past and you just don't portray that. So they don't wanna follow, like you have to be like, you have to be that leader inside the company and the staff um, in order to kind of make them feel like you do, you can guide them. Like you said, empathy or authority. Like, if you don't have the authority, why are you doing this, what do you, and, and show them that you will get it done because you wanna help these people, yes. you wanna do these things. So we would always like record testimonials at the closing table. And then mm-hmm. what I realized is we were doing that for marketing purposes, but one tip that I've, that I've given, it's probably been a few years since I've talked about this, is, what I realized is the women answering the phone, if for us it was women, it could be men or women in your company, but yeah. I, had, I had some ladies answering the phone and they would just get beat up all day. They're getting yelled at, mm. take me off your list, like, stop mailing to me. It's like, are mm. you guys calling Domino's to yell at them? No, but you're calling us. So they're, they're like, I'm gonna, like, so, like, death threats come sometimes over the phone, it's crazy. And so it's what I intense. realized is what they need to see is they need to see what we really do. And so to to make them enjoy their job and feel like they're making a difference, we started showing them the testimonial videos every time we got them, so they could see the person they talked to on the phone that was crying at the closing table with our transaction coordinator, me, and say, wow, like we are actually really helping people. And then you can get through days, weeks, months of just getting screamed at all the time. Yes. Because you get that one person that you help, you get the video testimonial back. So making the, making sure that they're still being included and involved in that journey as you start building your team, because they only see their piece. And a lot of times their piece is not that fulfilling sometimes. So um, a couple of things that I learned from from all of this that I think might help some folks out there that are listening. So.
1: That's really helpful. And what's, what you're describing is that you as the guide are, pl- are the strongest role in the story. You are the strongest and you are the most consistent. You've already been on a transformational journey and you are the one helping carve the path, calling people to action and showing them what that vision is looking like. What's that promised land look like? And it's the hero that goes on that transformational journey. So when you get that testimonial and show it to people, they're like, oh, I love being a part of this, and it, it becomes inspirational for all the people that you're working with. So, I love that you do that and you equip them with some fire, you know, or some kindling for their fire because you've got to keep feeding that in order to be able to keep people like that going. Because, yeah, whenever it's a really hard job and it's really intense, you got to pour into those people to keep them around. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be worth it to them.
0: Yep, absolutely. You said something in the beginning of this presentation about your um like you jumping in, hearing the story brand and and jumping into sales. You talked about being the director of sales and the fact that you just wanted to sell this stuff to everybody. So uh, I feel the same way. I have people say, well, How can you sell a twenty-five thousand dollar product from stage? I'm like, because I I truly believe that every single person in that audience needs this product. Like I really That's think that right. they all if they want to get to their goals, if they're really serious about doing this, every single one of them need to join our mastermind group. If it's, if it's the right time, the right fit for them, they, all that stuff, like I don't think they need to max out their credit cards or go get make massive loans to do it, but those people need this. Like if you're here and you're hearing this and you're looking for something better than you currently have and you need a different system, like this is it. And so I have no problem selling it. Like if I know that it works, I'm passionate about it. Same thing for you guys, you're going in the houses. If you truly believe that you're there to help somebody, how can you even justify walking out without a contract? Like how can you justify not leaving it all out on the field and walk out of that appointment without a contract? Like if you are the, like, cause if you don't, somebody else is going to and their company is not as good as yours. They're not going to service the client as well as you. They're not going to make sure that they're taken care of. They could screw them over, renegotiate the price, like all those things. If you really do think that you're the best in the world at what you do, it's on you to get the contract. Like you have to, you're doing them a disservice by not pushing a little bit harder or trying to spend an extra 20 minutes there, trying to dig a little bit deeper to find out what they really need. And then if you can't help them, direct them to the person who can, the person, customer service, the company, whatever it is that can actually help them. So, and that's, I think where we say, okay, now we've gotten to a place where everybody that needs our product has it. That's why I'm I'm so intent Intentional about marketing like I, I we've yes. got to get in front of more people We've got to give them the opportunity to see this I got to get this book in as many people's hands as possible so they can unlock the fact that you can actually buy a house at 50 cents on the dollar in 2021 Like it really does happen and and you can do it with Three people smiling at the closing table you the person <laughs> yes. you're buying from and the person you're eventually <laughs> gonna sell it to like All of you are gonna be happy. It's perfectly possible. You know, it's not a, a situation of, well, everybody pretty, needs, pretty much needs to be unhappy in a negotiation. So um, I say all that because I think it's interesting to hear. I, I feel the same way. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm selling something. I feel like I'm serving our customers, our clients, the people out there in the world. And it's it's serving, not selling. So I can do it very easily.
1: Well, if I'm ever getting into the real estate investing game, I'm joining the mastermind. Because <laughs> you sold me for sure. I can, I can feel how valuable it is. And of course, being the director of the StoryBrand Marketing Guide Program, I've seen the transformation of so many marketers over time just going, yeah, no, it's no big deal to ask for this investment because I know that if you work at it, you're actually going to make it back tenfold, twentyfold, 20-fold, 30-fold, it's just such a powerful thing to educate yourself, to surround yourself with people who understand what you're going through, who are a little bit ahead of you or people that you can pour into because all of that investment just really helps grow your business and, and helps you not be alone anymore. So so yes, I shall be signing up for the mastermind. And uh, But before that, I'm so excited to come speak on January 13th to your mastermind community. So if you're gonna be there, I can't wait to meet you in real life. Oh, it'll be so much fun to be together to continue to help equip and empower you to use the story brand framework to create marketing that works.
0: Yes, I'm absolutely gonna be there and a lot of the people listening are gonna be there and I know that you guys are excited and we haven't really like, talked about this a ton or rolled it out really for you guys yet. So this is an official rollout. This is gonna be really exciting. If you're an Altitude member, um, we've got uh, April coming to work with us at, uh, at the hotel in Franklin. We've got an amazing event here on January uh, 12th and 13th for you guys. And then our runway programs coming the 14th and 15th. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. The cool thing that we try to do inside the mastermind group, if you're not a member or even if you're just just joined or just came in, is we really try to leverage the purchasing power of the mastermind to figure out how we can bring in um, some business consultants or do workshops and things like that. Um, we did one with Brian Moran, the 12 week author of the 12 week year at the uh, event that we did in July. It was really awesome having him come and do a seminar and a workshop for us. And then bringing in uh, April and the story brand company, it's like something that we would want to do as individual companies but it doesn't fiscally make sense for us so as a group can we bring somebody like this in to work with us as a group we've done it with sales trainers in the past we've done it with public speakers and motivational speakers all kinds of stuff like that that we do for you guys so if you're not a member this is just like one of the few things that we do but um, what are we going to do at that workshop april do you know is it we're we're going to be talking about marketing to the homeowners and stuff like that um work work through a couple of those concepts the avatars stuff like that
1: that's right exactly so we'll go through the seven-part framework so that anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast and so that everybody who has listened to the podcast gets it one more time i mean the repetitions i at this point i've heard the story brand framework and taught it, I don't know how many times, but my brain continues to wrap its mind around the concepts and use them in new ways. I mean, Bill, I saw you just lighting up as we were talking and taking notes and whatnot because there's just so many applications for this. It's not just for marketing, it's a communication framework. I mean, it can help you get your kids to do their homework i mean (laughs) it's really incredible so we will go through those foundational principles again and then we're going to get into postcard strategy and we're going to look at some postcards identify what it is that is really great about them what are what are the story brand frameworks elements that are present in them and then we're actually going to give some creative time to writing some copy that's really strong that people can use either in postcards or on their website to really engage with people because of course people are going to check you out online before doing business with you five out of six times right yes if somebody's in the right exact pain point moment when they get that postcard they're likely going to give you a call right away but they're probably going to try to check you out online before they even do that because they're like is this person legit and so you're Your online presence has to be great. So we're actually going to give you some time to create some copy that you can either use on postcards or in your website strategy, um, so that you can feel really good and confident about the message that you're putting out. And then we want you to really sync that up with your sales department. So you might be the salesperson, you might be the first person that gets on the phone with them, Or you might have a team and so you could take this messaging back to them and say, hey, this is what we need to be doing. Or if you're planning an event or you're planning or whatever, you know, hey, we need to have a discussion about the call to action. Like, like Bill, you were talking about the other day. We don't want five calls to action. We want to narrow it down to one. We're asking people to burn way too many calories. So we'll be doing a lot of that at this event.
0: I love it. And if you're listening to this going, well, I don't send postcards or I don't have a website. Well, it doesn't matter if you're sending text messages, if you're cold calling, if you're doing ringless voicemails, if you're doing Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Uh, YouTube ads, all that stuff, it's all the same. What what you're putting on your postcard could just be, what does the message need to be in my opening text message? What does it need to be in my voicemail script? What does it need to be the first time somebody answers the phone for my company? All of those things are the same. So it it will translate to any channel that you're using for marketing. Marketing is marketing. I'm telling you, you, if, if you are running your business right now and you don't think that you're a marketer, you're making a big mistake. Marketing and sales drives <laughs> your business. Um, the that's operational right. side is great, but I'm I, as a as a marketer myself, through and through. Which three years ago I was like, I don't even want to deal with marketing at all, and I've got dived deep into it over the past few years now, owning this company, and I need to. That's what we need to understand. So the more, the better we can get at that, the more we can own it, and the more that we are gladly, with a smile on our face, selling our products and our services, uh, the better we'll all be. So, April, thank you for coming on here. Uh, so. If you guys want to, there's still time, if you guys want to jump into the, um, the event, if you want to come check it out, uh, you go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, fill out an application. You can talk to Dave, our sales director and the team, and um, they'll see if it's the right fit. If we have an opening in your market, we have uh, market exclusivity as well. We have two or three people for market, so it might be, your market might be closed. But if you fill out an application, um, we can talk to you guys about it. And if you're a good fit, and we think that we're a good fit for you, then we'll invite you guys to come in and attend the event in January here in uh, in uh, Franklin, so just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, right down the street from where I live. So, um, April, if, if people want to find out more about you guys, where how can they do that?
1: Go to storybrand.com. We do workshops about four times a year if people really want to do a deeper dive into this. But then if you want to listen to the Marketing Made Simple podcast, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a great time. Uh, i probably talk to you for like another two hours, I feel like. We're just like scratching the surface here. So I'm excited to go deeper on January 13th with you and, um, and the StoryBrand team there in Franklin. So thank you so much for doing this. It was great.
1: Absolutely. Can't wait.
0: Okay, bye.